Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Sincerely Jada, a podcast hosted by yours truly, Jada Amoy. And if this is your very first time listening, this podcast is dedicated to learning and unlearning. So before we get into the episode today, I just wanted to say a quick housekeeping item. If you head over to the podcast Instagram, you'll see that we have a Linktree link in the bio. And if you follow that link, you can, of course, listen to the podcast on whatever platform you choose. I've also added a feedback form so that you can suggest topics as well as guests for future episodes. So if you're listening and something comes to mind and you'd like maybe a topic to be reflected in future episodes, you can go ahead and let me know. If you'd like to be a guest or you know someone who's interested, you can provide the information as well so I can get in touch with you. And then also, if you have any feedback about specific episodes you liked or specific topics that you maybe want to dive deeper in or just maybe preferences you have when it comes to your podcast, right? So some people prefer their shorter episodes, other people like longer ones. And me knowing that will help me curate the podcast based on what my listeners like as well. So yeah, that would be very helpful. As always, I appreciate feedback and I do hope you're enjoying season two thus far. We're continuing to build and expand on the podcast, and I'm excited that all of you are on the journey with me. So without further ado, you know I like a short intro. We'll get into today's topic. So this is another solo episode, and I thought it would be a good idea to get more into the premise of the podcast, which is learning and unlearning. Adulting can definitely feel as though you're constantly dealing with something new. You never have a day off. You always have to worry about something. But of course, a lot of these experiences we're having are opportunities to learn and unlearn. So I wanted to reflect on some certain lessons I've learned, especially the hard way throughout my 24 years on this earth, which is really not a long time. So I can't really imagine what else is going to happen, what other experiences I'm meant to go through and whatever lessons I'll have to take from those. But at the end of the day, I feel like I've had a decent amount of experiences that have kind of opened my eyes to things that I really need to challenge about myself and challenge about the way that I think. And these certain lessons I had to learn a few times over and they're going to continue to resurface because once again, I'm only 24. But I think being in that early stage of life is where you're going to have to come to terms with a lot of things. Of course, we're going to have to realize that we don't know it all. We're going to have to invent ourselves and we're going to have to be open to learning. And these are just some things that I've learned thus far. So the first one is that you can always start over again. So what I mean when I say this is that I'm the type of person, personally, and if you can relate, let me know, where I constantly dramatize situations. So once I make a mistake or I do a certain thing, it can be very difficult for me to look past that or view myself in a different light. And I think that's an issue for a lot of us, and it prevents us from feeling as though we can change, we can grow or learn from our experiences. We're constantly viewing ourselves through the lens of every bad thing we did, everything we said that we shouldn't have every negative thing someone else has said about us, it's constantly reflecting back in our everyday life. So that can stop you from reinventing yourself, feeling as though you can change or become a new person or even become a better version of your previous self. And I think a lot of the times that's because we feel defined by how others view us. And that's a really negative thing because as humans, there's so many different stages of life, right? There's so many unique experiences you're gonna have and you're not gonna stay the same. You can try and develop new interests. Like you can become a person who is way better than that previous version. You can't completely change yourself, but you can reinvent yourself. You can have new versions. 
especially if you're acknowledging certain behaviors that you previously had, it's okay to move forward and you don't necessarily have to wait for other people to acknowledge your growth in order for it to be there. If you've made the decision that you're going to move forward, you're going to work on this certain aspect of your life, even if people are constantly bringing up the past or, you know, judging you based on those experiences, that's their right, right? They had a certain experience with you and it might be difficult for them to see you outside of that, but you personally can reinvent yourself. And that's so true, especially as you mature and as you grow and as you get older or as you go through life, there's going to be certain aspects of your previous self that you're no longer going to resonate with or are no longer going to feel genuine or natural to you. And it's fine for you no longer to associate yourself with that version of yourself, associate yourself with certain behaviors that you know are toxic or just not going to get you further in life. And with that lesson definitely comes with accepting that you don't need to prove yourself constantly to people. Eventually, they'll see it if the change is truly being put into place. And if they don't, that doesn't take away from your decision to start over, your decision to try and be a better person or be a better version of yourself. So overall, as a whole, just to summarize that, you're not defined by how others view you and you don't have to stay the same. If there are certain behaviors you know no longer resonate with who you are, who you want to be, you can develop new behaviors and you don't have to constantly keep explaining yourself or proving yourself to other people just for them to see your growth. If they're from your past, they're going to view you as the person who they last met, the last person that they've seen, the last person that they interacted with, which could be three different versions of you. Like me personally, I feel like I'm very different from how I used to be. And for some people, that might be hard to believe. And that's fine because they only have experience with a certain version of me. So I can't really blame them. But at the end of the day, if I want to become a different person, if I want to become a better person, then it's up to me to start over again. And I don't need to constantly try and wave my growth or wave my new experiences in front of people to get them to see how much I've changed, how much I've grown. That really shows that you're doing it for the wrong reasons anyway. You don't have to prove it to people at the end of the day. People start over all the time. Like you can switch jobs, you can switch likes and dislikes, you can move to different countries. Like you can do so many things that can alter your identity and alter your life. And you don't need to write an explanation to somebody each time you do that. At the end of the day, you're going to be growing, you're going to be changing constantly. And it's up to you to really take ownership of that and acknowledge that within yourself. When we were 18, 19, we thought we were grown and We held other people to such high standards, but it's like realistically, everybody was not fully formed, fully developed. And look at me, like I'm even 24. My brain is not fully developed. The version I am today is not going to even be the version I am when I'm like, I don't know, 10 years older. Or if I move to a different country, would I still behave a certain way? You know what I mean? Like there's so many different versions of yourself that you haven't met yet. So it's really unfair to restrict yourself to a certain behavior or a certain way of being based on how you previously were. And that's that on that. So that was the first one. The next one is, it's a bit of a harsh truth, but nobody is coming to save you. We are all responsible for ourselves, meaning our own behavior, our own choices. So as much as we want people to constantly show up for us, help us when we're down, nobody has the power to change your life except you. As much as people can support you, advise you, be there for you, be a shoulder for you to cry on, nobody's going to save you from the circumstances. There are certain things that you just have to face in life, whether it be just a lesson or just an experience everybody goes through or a situation you put yourself in. Realistically, somebody else's actions are not going to be able to undo that. 
you can't just view yourself as a damsel in distress. And I feel like I've had multiple moments in life where I viewed myself that way. And we all do it, right? We're in a certain situation and we just hope somebody can take all the stress off our plate. Somebody can really improve our situation or come through for us at the last moment. So realistically, if you think about it, man is not as powerful as we think. Realistically, we like to think that we can completely save someone. We can change someone's whole life, but we don't have the power to do those things. You find yourself in a certain negative situation and you're waiting on your fellow man to come and pick you up from that situation. Well, what does he know or she know more than what you know? There's no one person as much as we might look to other people and think that they're saviors or people who have all this knowledge and information that can really benefit us. A lot of us are all clueless. Like we don't know how to solve your problem any more than you do. And I feel like that's something I've had to come to terms with because I've been in situations like, damn, nobody's helping me, nobody's showing up for me. But it's like, realistically, even if someone showed up, all they can do is just be a listening ear or all they can do is be there to support, but they can't actually change the situation because these are my set of problems, right? I got myself into it. And even if I didn't get myself into it, they don't have any more experience or knowledge or tools than I do. A lot of times we're looking for a miracle or we're looking for some type of divine intervention from other people who are on the same level as you. We're all humans. We don't have that ability. That really counteracts that victim mentality, which I have definitely been guilty of, where you kind of think that you're the one who has all the bad luck. You kind of mope around feeling like somebody needs to really help you. Somebody needs to save you. Somebody needs to stop all these bad things from happening to you. And that mindset really plays into that whole looking for a savior. You're a damsel in distress. You're not going to do anything to try and improve your situation because you're waiting on someone else to do it. And what I want to also highlight is that, like I said, we're all responsible for ourselves and nobody can undo the consequences of your own bad choices. So sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that we actually did have a big part in creating. So maybe you have bad spending habits. You don't just transition into adulthood and have all the tools about how to manage money and do everything yourself. It's just not realistic. So let's say you're the type of person who constantly blows money away. When you find yourself in that position, you might rely on friends or other people to kind of bail you out and help you pay your rent, help you pay your phone bill. But you're basically depending on people to save you from the consequences of your own actions. Well, realistically, sometimes people can help out. Sometimes people can provide assistance. But a lot of times, nobody can save you from those choices. You're in that negative financial position and you continue to make bad investments, doing all these things that you shouldn't be doing. Well, how would you expect somebody to go through and undo the consequences of each individual decision you've made that led you to where you are today? your friends, your family, whoever else, they can't necessarily do that because nobody can just intervene and take away the consequences of your actions. You're going to have to deal with a lot of them because it's you who got yourself in and people don't necessarily have the tools or resources to change your whole set of circumstances. And this is especially true because sometimes we engage in very self-destructive behaviors. We're constantly doing things that are not going to benefit us or are going to put us in a negative spot. And this self-destruction is our own doing. So it would be very unfair and unrealistic to expect somebody to save you from yourself when you're constantly making choices every day that are putting yourself in that position. So along the same token, I have another one that kind of ties into that. And this is another lesson I've learned. So number three, 
Nobody is going to advocate for you the way that you will. Of course, we always want other people to defend us or advocate for us or stand up for us. But a lot of the times we're not willing to speak up for ourselves. There'll be a comment made or something that happens that you know is not okay for you and you don't say anything. But then you also might be upset when somebody else doesn't speak up for you. But a lot of times we want to be agreeable, right? Like we want to get along with everybody. We don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to be the one constantly bringing up problems or starting an issue. So we choose to be agreeable. We choose to go with the flow. But that is not going to make people treat you better, realistically. And I had to learn that. Being quiet, being submissive, whatever it is, it's not necessarily going to make people treat you better and treat you with the respect you deserve because you're not asking for it. Closed mouths don't get fed. And I'm such a quiet person. So if you're a quiet person, sometimes you have to reach the realization that being passive Being quiet, never bringing up issues, never being the one to speak on something, seeing something happen in front of your face that you know is not right and continuing to ignore it, it's not a good thing. And it shows a lack of integrity. It shows that you're not even willing to sacrifice anything. Like you're not willing to sacrifice your reputation, sacrifice your interactions with people, sacrifice your image basically to stand on what's right, whether it be for yourself or for another person. Essentially, I heard this phrase and it really stuck with me. So the things that upset you or the things that you feel most passionate about obviously show where your values lie. So for example, if you get really irritated or really frustrated when people are not being honest, that obviously means that you value honesty, right? Because naturally, a lot of us say, oh, we value quality time and all these different stuff. Like those are things that you value in terms of a relationship. But like, what do you value as a whole? What are your non-negotiables? What do you stand on? What are the things that truly move you and you cannot be complacent with? You know what I mean? So when it comes to your values, once you realize those, you have to stand on them. You shouldn't be playing small in order to be accepted. And that's something I've definitely been guilty of. And you have to figure out what you value most, like I said, and stand on it. So if you value honesty and people around you are liars then that just kind of shows that you're not really aligning yourself with what you value. You're not being consistent with your values. You're not being loyal to your values. You think of loyalty as, you know, being loyal to somebody, but you also have to be very loyal to yourself and very devoted to yourself. And a part of being devoted to yourself is being very strong on your values, not necessarily swaying or being influenced in a certain direction if you know that's not the direction or that's not the particular way that resonates with you. So I think a part of, of course, advocating for yourself is setting boundaries. I know something I've struggled with is there are certain things that I knew for a fact at particular points in my life were not right or didn't feel okay with me. Things people would say, certain friendships I had, just certain things that happened, but I never said anything. A lot of times it was because I wanted to be accepted or I valued that certain friendship or that certain space and I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize that. And that obviously shows that you're not willing to advocate for yourself or advocate for what you believe in because you're so scared or so concerned about how people are going to receive you advocating for yourself. If you don't address an issue, if you don't let it be known what your expectations are, what your boundaries are, what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with, then nobody's going to know because who says the other person heard the comment? Who says the other person is going to react the same way as you, because I don't think we realize sometimes that people value things differently, right? For you personally, what might be most important to you and what you might value the most is respect, while others 
most value consideration, for example. Everybody puts a different emphasis on different aspects or different values, right? So you might be super offended or super outraged by a particular issue, and another person might not care or might not think about it the same way. So you're sitting there waiting for them to have the reaction to the issue that you actually should have because it's you who values it. And if you're constantly keeping a closed mouth, then you can't be surprised when things are not changing or issues are persisting or somebody's constantly making the same comment because you haven't made people know or made people truly feel your presence or feel your stance on this particular issue. If I feel strongly enough about something, if something hurts me enough, then I have to be willing to advocate for myself and to stand strongly on my morals, stand strongly on my values so that I can be heard. In short, figure out what you value the most and stand on it. And don't be the type of person like I was who would stand on it only in certain situations or certain contexts. You might be particularly quick to jump on somebody who disrespects you if you deem them to be lower than you or less smart than you or whatever the case may be. But when you're in a certain space where you feel a bit intimidated, you're much more likely to be lenient with your boundaries or not stand on them because you feel like you have more to lose in a certain space or with a certain friendship than others. But if you're tolerating certain things in some spaces and not others, then it's basically sending yourself the message that your boundaries are not worth upholding or that preserving certain friendships or preserving certain opportunities or getting certain opportunities or getting into certain doors is more important to you than actually upholding your core values that guide you and govern the way that you behave. At the end of the day, you're not going to be able to fight every battle and there's going to be certain things that are going to go unaddressed and I get that. But I feel like what I had to really realize is that I have to figure out what moves me? What do I feel compelled to speak about? What are things that I don't tolerate and don't tolerate them? Advocate for myself because I'm going to be sitting there waiting forever for somebody to defend me. And if I can't even take the time to defend myself, I can't really blame other people for not doing it. Because if I'm so afraid of what I have to lose to literally defend myself, then what if someone else has something to lose too? You want your coworker to defend you against the boss, but you're not willing to do it. So you want your coworker to risk their job to defend you, but you're not even doing it to defend yourself. You know what I mean? You have to be the one to advocate for yourself the strongest because not everybody is going to be willing to lose that promotion or lose that set of friends to stand with you against what you feel passionate about because they just might not be passionate about it. It might not affect them the way it affects you, which is why you should take ownership over the situation and just advocate for yourself. Number four, don't force yourself into spaces that don't fit. I had to learn this so many times, and honestly, I'm probably still learning it. So when you feel like you don't belong in a specific space or you haven't yet found your core group of people, you're much more likely to put yourself in spaces or put yourself in positions that you don't feel comfortable in, they're not natural to you, you don't feel heard, or you don't feel like you're able to exist as your authentic self in this particular space. And that's a sign that you simply don't belong. Sometimes you might be overthinking it, but other times you're literally forcing it. You're forcing yourself to interact with people or be a part of something that does not align with your goals and you truly will never feel a part of it. We all want to be a part of a community and we all need community, but be willing to stand on the outside of that if that means protecting your peace and waiting until you find a group or find a space that is truly aligning with who you are so you don't have to constantly change yourself to be a part of it. 
you shouldn't have to sacrifice parts of yourself that you really like or parts of yourself that make you unique in order to fit in in that space. And a part of that is accepting that as you grow and change, places that once felt like home and people who once were safe spaces to you might begin to feel unfamiliar. Uh, I don't know. I don't like it when people are constantly like, oh, I outgrew this person and I'm too grown and honestly, and I feel like I was guilty of that, to be honest. Sometimes you outgrow people, but other times it just means that you haven't necessarily outgrown the person, but this person or this place is just not meant to be permanent. You're meant to move from there. You're meant to develop a new community or develop a new place that feels like home. And you're not meant to stay stagnant or stay in this position or stay in this one group of people forever, right? And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't appreciate them. Those places will no longer feel safe. They'll no longer feel comfortable, but you can still appreciate them for what they are. So an example of this is I spent the majority of my life in Brampton and then I went to school. And once I went to Peterborough, I moved to a different city after I graduated to get a job. So I basically relocated three times in the past eight years. And after living my whole life in one city, it became really weird to be in a new place. But now that I go back to Brampton, which was originally my hometown, it doesn't feel the same. It feels very unfamiliar. I don't even remember some streets. I don't know where to go. The friends I made there, I'm not really in contact with them. The hairstylists I used to use, I don't really have their number anymore. It just feels not like home anymore, basically. That means that that place that once felt like home is now unfamiliar to me. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate that era or appreciate that time for what it was. But it just means that clearly that's not where I was meant to be. And it's not saying I'm above there. It's not saying I've outgrown there. But it's saying obviously there's different places, different spaces, different people I was meant to interact with that I wouldn't have been able to if I stayed in that place. There might be new experiences to be had different groups to be in who are going to challenge you and bring out different parts of you, right? Because different places, different experiences, different people can bring out a whole different part of you. The fifth lesson I've learned throughout my 20s is that pain is only temporary and you can't escape it. You can't act off of emotions, especially pain. I tend to think about future issues. If I'm in a certain relationship where I'm interacting with someone, I like to think about potential conflicts that could arise and try and put steps or put practices into place so that when it does happen, I feel more prepared. When I was going to get my tattoo, I always am the type of person who whenever I'm going to go through something that is new, I tend to obsess over it for weeks. Like I'll be like, oh, that's going to hurt. Like my tattoo, I thought it would hurt so bad and it hurt. But compared to what I dreamt up in my head, it was not that bad. So I say all that to say, I basically try and, you know, predetermine or pre-think through whatever pain or whatever negative experience I think I'm going to have so that when it actually happens, I feel more prepared. And for me, that makes it seem as though it's not going to hurt as much because I've done that. But you can't escape pain. You can't anticipate how bad something's going to hurt. And doing so is not going to make it hurt less. A lot of us find it very difficult to go through painful moments in life and still have that same cheery, happy attitude that we have where we feel like things are going to get better. Because as beautiful as life is, 
it's not going to be like that constantly. You're not always going to be able to see the beauty within every single moment. And I'm the type of person who sometimes when I go through a painful experience, I can really carry that with me. And it'll be very hard for me to move past it and to still have a positive outlook when I'm going through that experience. And even after, because I've had that negative experience, it tends to change how I view the world, how I view certain relationships, certain experiences, because I've now had that negative experience. And that's not a good thing. You should still be able to appreciate the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of life, even after you've gone through something difficult. Like you can't just allow that to change you and make you view life as this horrible experience that is full of pain because that's not true. And it's really hard when you're in the moment to feel like pain has a purpose. We always hear people telling us, you know, you're having this experience now, but you were meant to go through this. It was all a part of God's plan. You're basically going to be thinking that whatever happened was not meant to happen. It was not a part of your story because you only want your story to be full of beautiful experiences, happiness, love, whatever else. And that's great. You know, we love a soft life, but at the same time, it's not realistic. You're going to have certain experiences that will teach you very difficult lessons, but it will be painful. Every emotion is temporary, even happiness. So the pain is not going to outweigh the happiness. There's going to be a whole wide range of emotions. You're going to laugh until you cry, and then you're going to literally cry. It's going to be a roller coaster. And if you're only going to embrace certain parts of it, you're going to miss out on so many lessons. Pain can completely change how you think, even in a good way. You go through pain sometimes. It makes you wiser. It makes you smarter. It makes you less naive or gullible to certain things. And we don't see that part. We just see that this experience was awful and I didn't deserve that. I didn't need to go through that. And, you know, maybe you did and maybe you didn't. And what I said earlier is you can't act off emotions, right? Especially pain. So a lot of times when we're going through those things, we act out, we push people away, we do certain things that we shouldn't do. And while it's understandable because you're going through a difficult time, you can't necessarily let your emotions guide your decisions. And the decisions that you make, even if you were going through extreme pain at the time, they always catch up to you. And you can't necessarily justify doing those things just because you were in a negative headspace. So it's really best to try and control your emotions. And yeah, of course, that comes with not holding everything in and not holding on to everything. Sometimes when you go through something very difficult, it can become a part of your personality. You have this extreme loss and now you bring it up every time you talk. You can't enter a room without bringing that with you because it becomes such a part of you. You know, you had this negative relationship experience and now you can't even have a conversation about a relationship without bringing it up or having that experience constantly reflected in those conversations. But you can't hold on to that. You have to move on from it eventually. And it's not going to be on anyone else's timeline. Your journey with pain is not going to look like someone else's. Someone can have this experience that seems similar to yours, but their healing journey is not going to be the same way. They're not going to be able to tell you how to make yourself feel better. It's going to be your own personal experience with the pain. Unfortunately, pain is only temporary. You can't escape it. You can't do anything to prepare yourself. You simply have to go through it. And when you go through it, hopefully you have people around you that can surround you, can make you feel better. But it's not going to be something that you can escape. And it's best not to make decisions based off those temporary emotions. And this next one is something that I really did have to learn. I'm not going to lie. And a lot of us do. So it kind of relates. So there's no reward for being a good person. This is such a hard truth to realize because we're always taught that if you do good, good will come to you. So if we're a good person, we do good. And then a negative thing happens to us. 
it's really easy to feel like, whoa, where is this coming from? No matter how many good deeds you do, there's no prize for being a good person. There's no prize for doing as you should do. Maybe there's a partner that we want and the competition, so to speak, because you know there's never any competition with me, but the competition or the person who we're kind of up against, we deem them to be lower than us. We think that they're, you know, a really bad person. They treat people bad. They're not a good person. So we believe that we should be the winner, so to speak, or we should be chosen because we're the much better option. Just because you're a good person, just because you do kind things doesn't mean you're going to be rewarded for every action. You will have good karma. You will have good things happen to you, of course, if you continue doing that. But that doesn't mean that you're any more deserving of good things of kindness, of certain opportunities than anyone else. Even the best people have negative experiences. You might be such a good person, you'll still go through grief, you'll still go through loss and all of these experiences. No matter how bad of a person you are, you're not necessarily going to be constantly punished for your negative behavior. Good people are going to have bad experiences, bad people are going to have good experiences, and nobody's inherently good or bad. No matter how much you stick to the script, no matter how much you read your Bible, no matter how much you read to the homeless and feed the blind, well, maybe you read to the blind and feed the homeless. But anyway, you know what I mean? You're not going to have an easy road just because you do the right thing. But at the end of the day, it's not up to us to judge others and come to our conclusions about what somebody deserves versus what we deserve, because we're always going to think we deserve better. And the hard thing to realize is sometimes the person who gets the promotion or gets the fancy new job with the big salary is the person who cheated their way through high school. The person who gets the dream job, your dream job, is the person who actually mouths off, is generally unpleasant, never has a good thing to say. They might be the person who gets the salary increase and the bonus. And you're going to be sitting there, pockets empty looking stupid. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're not going to get things to show for it. You're not going to get trophies. You're not going to get physical things to show like money, wealth, all these things. You're not going to get it simply because you make the good choice. Everybody has good and bad that comes to them. And you're not going to be more worthy than the next person of a great opportunity just because you play your cards right. And yeah, I had to realize that because it would be very hard for me to understand and accept why people would treat me a certain way or treat me the opposite way of how I wanted to be treated because I felt I treated everybody so well. So for me, it's very hard to accept when I don't get that same treatment. Opening the door for somebody is basic human decency, you know what I mean? So you can't expect a reward or a tangible reward for everything you do, you're going to be rewarded. But a lot of times it's not going to be tangible. It won't feel like the recognition or the good job, babe, that we're looking for. But that doesn't mean you should stop being that way. That doesn't mean you should complain and compare someone else's experience to yours just because you feel like you're worthy of more, whereas they're worthy of less. Woo, that was a word. So the next one that I had to learn. I have about three left. This one is a hard lesson I had to learn. And this is for all the gossips out there because I was you and you were me. Okay. So not every story is meant to be told. And really this ties in with just focusing on yourself. I can say so many unnecessary issues I've gotten myself involved in or, you know, unnecessary conflicts that arise literally arise because I wasn't minding my own business. Not every story is meant to be told basically means gossip can be very harmful. And aside from gossip, I feel like we live in a day and age where whether it be through social media or through social interactions, we're constantly giving our opinion on the next person's business or the next person's experience. And I've been guilty of doing this. And I feel like we all are. A lot of us are very opinionated. 
But if we look in the mirror, we actually have no reason to be because we don't actually have experience on the things that we're commenting on. And we don't actually have all the information required to form an adequate opinion. But we just feel like we know it all and we spill and we spill and we talk and we talk and none of it is actually helpful and none of it's intentional. Intentional meaning it's not advice that's given from the right place. You don't have the right intentions. You're not trying to give this advice to your friend because you're trying to improve them as a person or improve the situation. You're just speaking to speak because this is your opinion and you just want it to be heard. And that's when it becomes harmful. So yeah, that's what I mean when not every story is meant to be told. You don't need to give your own perspective or your own views on every situation. You know, you see two people out at the bar and you're carrying on gossip saying, oh, I think Gwen is cheating on Bob. And then your friend is chiming in saying, no, I think Bob is cheating on Gwen. It's just like, girl, you don't know what's going on. Stay out of it. This is not really impacting you. I've been guilty of this, so I'm not one to sit up here and judge, girl. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's all about knowing that not everything needs your input. Sometimes it's okay to hear the story and say, oh, wow, that's crazy. And that's it. Whatever other opinion you have, keep it to yourself because it's not important. And you know you don't have the right intentions or whatever you're saying is kind of spinning or adding your own twist on the story to entertain yourself because you're just bored, if you're honest. The same thing when we give our friends advice sometimes We don't even know what we're talking about. We're just giving them advice to stir drama or we're just saying things to say things. And our advice sometimes can influence people negatively. Somebody has this experience and you're advising them to go and do something back, go and get payback. So I think we should sometimes have less opinions. And this is something that I've definitely had to learn. And that goes hand in hand with being intentional about your words. So you really shouldn't be saying things that you can't have repeated. And I've learned that. If you're going to give your opinion, you're going to say something about Jill and James. When Jill and James enter the room, you better be ready to repeat that opinion back or just shut up. So in sum, don't be so quick to give your opinion on the situation or give your perspective. And also, I had to learn that you shouldn't be so quick to also discuss your own issues because sometimes venting can be harmful. You're constantly sharing very personal details of your life before you even have the chance to process it yourself. You're asking so-and-so for their opinion and you're taking on their opinion as your own. And you're just not able to block out the noise at that point because you're giving the issue to everybody else who doesn't have the input, who doesn't have the experience to even benefit you. So sometimes venting can be harmful too because we're constantly bringing up or going through the same issue over and over again. And it's really not helpful. So in conclusion... Focus on yourself, be very intentional about your words, be very intentional about what you speak, and don't give your opinion where it's not asked for. Don't step in and try and be the person who saves everyone and shares everything, the advisor, the go-to friend. You can be a go-to friend, but be more selective of what you share. Be more selective of the opinions that you share and the way that you share it. If you're constantly putting your opinion, that could be very wrong, that could be very misaligned, that could just be plain out rude into every situation. And it's normal not to have an opinion on something. Sometimes your homegirl calls you with a T and your response should just be like, oh, wow, I hope they figure it out. Damn, that's crazy. Like, that's real unfortunate, but I don't have much to say on that. And just hang up the phone. Okay, so I have two more. One of them is pretty straightforward, so I won't get into it as much, but everything takes time. You can't control anything, and I'm somebody who I really like control. And even if I do delegate tasks, I like detailed summaries on how things are going, 
I want to be able to give my input and say, maybe don't order that. You should order this instead. And here's this Amazon link to the actual thing that I want. Like it's it's really bad basically is what I'm saying. So sometimes we want everything to happen on our timeline and we want everything to happen exactly the way that we see fit and nothing worthwhile happens quickly. Like that quote is so true. If you think about making money, you know, those get rich, die trying schemes, basically get rich fast schemes are what will lose you all of your money and will have you gambling off your mother's house. Nothing good happens fast. Things are going to take time. Sometimes certain things need to fall in place. It needs to be the right time. You need to be ready. You need to mature to a certain point to be able to receive it. So maybe you're not going to get that job right out of university because you don't have the qualifications. But if you add some experience, it can eventually be yours, but maybe not at the time you think it should be. And when it comes to timing, I just want to quickly say that you also can't speed through certain aspects of life. Everything takes time, including growth, right? So you can't just speed through uncomfortable parts of your story to get to the good part. And this is so true because I'm somebody who whenever I'm going through something difficult, I'm just like, oh, I haven't seen the sun in so long. I haven't genuinely felt happiness. And it's just really difficult to not want to fast forward to whatever I think is going to make me happy. And you can't control the timing of things. Some things are going to linger in your life more than you want it to. Those uncomfortable experiences might take time to get through and to get over. So you have to be able to be patient. And patience is one of my biggest struggles because I'm very impatient. Honestly, it's bad. But at the end of the day, you have to have patience. You have to be able to come to terms with the fact that you are not judge and jury. You don't get to decide when things happen. You don't get to decide every aspect of your life as you see fit. It's going to happen according to the larger plan for your life. So at the end of the day, timing is everything. And sometimes we're just not ready. We're not as mature as we think we are. This brings me to my final lesson, which is be open to new possibilities. The biggest blessings in life will look differently than how you pictured them, and you should be open to them. We have this checklist for the partner that we want. And if I'm speaking directly to you, it's okay to feel attacked, but you're looking for a woman who has this certain body and all these different things, and you're only receptive to meeting your wife if she looks like Rihanna. Or I don't even know if the guys are really feeling Rihanna. If she looks like a model, basically an IG baddie. And you're essentially not very open to new experiences or new people or love or any of these things unless it looks exactly as you think it should. And I really wonder sometimes who we think we are. Like we're not God for real. So why is it that you think the love of your life, for example, is going to be from this certain culture, have these certain interests, be the same as you, have the same humor as you, watch the same shows as you, do the same things you do. They might be the opposite of you. They might be from a different culture. A lot of the couples, and this is kind of an aside, but a lot of the couples I know who are thriving, they're not from the same places. They have different cultures. They have different backgrounds, whether it be socioeconomic, different family structures, different religions even. So that's just to say that the best experiences can be packaged differently. That's a word. No, it's not a word I came up with, but it's a word. And you really just have to let go of fear. You have to be open and embrace things. If something comes along to you and you're too fearful, you're too hesitant, it's going to move on to the next person. If there's a certain person who comes into your life, you're saying, oh, they don't look like this. They don't look like Damson Idris. Well, it's just like babes. You're going to miss not Damson Idris, but somebody else who's maybe a nice fella. 
you might be nice. There's so many things in life that we literally couldn't even imagine. There's very beautiful things out there for you that don't seem real. They don't seem possible. If you touch them, you still wouldn't believe they're real. So be open to them. Be open to letting go of fear and leading with love, leading with purpose, leading with all these great things, these openness, the humbleness, being teachable, being patient. You're open to feedback. You don't act as though you know it all. So that if someone else points out a great opportunity or points out a great person who could be beneficial in your life, you're not immediately saying, no, I'm so hesitant. I've said it. I'm so careful. I like to do everything according to the right way in my mind. But that's not going to always be the way that things happen. And sometimes that needs to be okay. Those are the nine lessons that I've learned throughout my early adulthood. So let me just repeat the nine lessons that I learned throughout my 20s so that you don't have to rewind to the beginning of the episode to remember what I said. All right, so here are the takeaways. So firstly, you can always start over again. You don't have to be defined or confined by previous versions of yourself or behaviors that you no longer want to exhibit. You can reinvent yourself, you can change your behavior, and you don't have to prove yourself to others or wait for them to recognize you in order to recognize the own changes within yourself. So second lesson is nobody is coming to save you. You can't expect others to do for you what you won't do for yourself. So at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own actions. And if there's a certain situation you find yourself in, you can't just sit there and stay there and wait for somebody to solve it. Three, nobody is going to advocate for you like you will. Simply being passive and pretending nothing bothers you is not any way to live. If there's something that you really stand for and that you really value, you should advocate for it. Four, don't force yourself into spaces you don't fit in. And that can be with friendship groups, situations. Don't try and ignore feelings that you feel that tell you you're not safe there, you're not comfortable there. Maybe it's not for you anymore. So the fifth lesson, pain is only temporary. Don't act off of emotions and you can't escape or try and predetermine how something is going to feel. Try and avoid the situation to avoid the pain. Either way, you're going to have to go through it. Six, there's no reward for being a good person. So there's not going to be a prize at the end of the road. As long as you play your cards right and do kind things to people, it doesn't make you more deserving of certain things than the other person. Seven, not every story is meant to be told. You don't have to give your opinion on everything. And sometimes it's okay to not have a comment to make. And yeah, I had to learn that for real before I get myself in more trouble. Eight, everything takes time. You can't control anything. We all have to try and accept that. You can't necessarily will things into happening just the way that you'd like them to. And nine, be open to new possibilities, even though they might look different than what you feel like you deserve or what you feel like should happen. I'd love to know what lesson or what aspect of the episode was most beneficial or resonated most with you. If you've learned certain lessons, whether it be the hard way, the easy way, whatever it was, let me know either by sending in a voice message in response to this episode. It could appear in future episodes. You can also provide feedback via the podcast Instagram, and we'll be able to connect through the feedback form that I discussed earlier in the episode as well. You can always find some information down in the episode notes if you're looking for the links that I've discussed. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sincerely, Jada. 